Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Girl CEO Podcast, the playground for female entrepreneurs. My name is Ronnie Brown, and I'm the author of Amazon's best-selling book, From Mopping Floors to Making Millions, and was once a teen mom turned millionaire business mentor. I created my Girl CEO community for women like you. Girl CEO, you are a trailblazer, a creative, an innovator, a boss, and a woman who knows that she deserves more. Join me each week while we uncover what it truly takes to be your own boss and become a successful Girl CEO. And don't worry, sis, I got you. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to Girl CEO Radio, the playground for female entrepreneurs. I am super excited today because I have one of my favorite people online with me. And guys, as you all know, I'm from Washington, D.C. I'm the around the way girl, and I just love to talk to people who have have grown up in my city, who have overcome the odds. Uh, Let's go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone, MJ. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So for those of y'all who don't know me, my name is Malcolm MJ. Jay Harris. And whenever people ask me what it is that I do for a living, I always have a hard time answering it. But what I've learned to say these days is I say, I'm a person who makes my living from helping other people live their best life. And so I do that through videos that are seen by over 12 million people a month, 11 online courses we've got out right now. And I'm also the CEO of one of America's largest African-American owned financial services companies called National Care. You know, MJ, I follow you. And one of the things that I love about you is your boldness. I think that like attracts like, right? So I always tell people who are afraid of, if I put myself out there, what people take to me, tell them that, you will always attract your tribe and people who either are similar to you or aspire to have a certain characteristic that you have. And when I see you, it's just like, in my head, I'm like, that is just one of my friends in my head because we have a similar personality. How have you just gotten to the place where you've been so comfortable just being your damn self? That's one of the biggest things. I just want to crack it open right there. I love your personality and your boldness. Did it take you a while to get to that space? It took me a very long time. I'll be 35 at the end of this week. I don't think that I was fully comfortable being my full self until I was... 31, 32, maybe. 
it was a newer thing for me, which I always say, is, which is why I tell people it's never too late to, to say, what's the next version of myself that I want to be? Especially if the last version or the current version is not serving you 100%. But for me, I think what it was that got me to say, I want to do this thing, was I've been on camera for 11 years. That's how I've made my living. And my businesses have been built based on me being on camera, which is a very fortunate thing to reach so many people with your products. But I will tell you that for me, I started to hit a point where, you know, famous is a very peculiar thing because everyone else recognizes you're famous for what you do. And so I started to realize that, oh, people know my face and know my name when I walk in a room before I introduce myself. And for some people, that's very flattering and very exciting. But for me, that made me very self-conscious because what I realized is that the person that I was projecting on camera was not often the person who I was off camera in terms of personality. On camera, I'm very, you know, I look like your favorite church friend who doesn't curse. Um, I to miss that person. Uh, <laughs> I said, I definitely miss, I miss that face. <laughs> oh, that was, that was the majority of the, of the video years of, up to this point. It's like eight years of that, being something completely different. And people come up to me and they would say, you are so different than what I thought, but I like the real you better. And so I said to myself, you know what? I want to actually start being my full self, not just on camera, but being my full self in every space. Because I think we can't compartmentalize how we deal with the world. So I'm going to bring my full self to everything. And that means that when I want to be bold, I'll be bold. That means when I want to be quiet, I'll be quiet. That means that I'll be whatever I want to be that feels authentic to me within that moment. And when I've done that, I've gotten happier and happier. I will tell you this, some friends have fallen off because when you decide that you're going to be unapologetically yourself, there are certain people who just, it's not going to resonate with for one reason or another, or for that matter, you know what it's going to be? You're not going to be able to deal with anybody else's fakeness or yeah, fakeness or anything like that or inauthenticity because you're being real. But my life has improved. The business has grown. But above all, I'm happier. Yeah, for sure. And and it does happen. And sometimes it happens to the people. It happens with the people that you've known the longest. And what I've come to realize is as you evolve, quite frankly, a lot of people can't handle it because yeah. it makes them realize where they still are. And there's a level of who does he think he is? Who does <laughs> she think she is? I remember him back when. I remember her back then and people even start conversations off about you based on who you used to be. So how are you handling the transition, you know, the the change, the the love because I feel like as you grow and as you impact so many people's lives, there also becomes this issue with how much people love you. Well, I'll tell you. So for the first part of it, dealing with the people from the past, where it's like, well, you used to be this, you used to be that. I embraced it. I was, so I was in D.C. actually not too long ago, about a week ago, and I ran, in, I ran into several people who I used to hang out with back then. And one of the people that I ran into made a comment when they saw me. He said, he says, oh, you've been doing a lot lately. You've just been going crazy on that camera. It was kind of a real judgy kind of catty thing to say. But you know, the thing is this, is that, you know, I'm a PG County girl and I can keep up with anybody. And so I was like, he said that. I was like, I said, oh, what do you mean? And then he said, he's like, he's like, I don't know, you just be doing so much now. Trying to be nice about it, but I knew what it was. And so I said, you know, the crazy thing is I'm living free and I'm making so much money doing it that I couldn't go back to living any other way. I mean, I would recommend to anyone what it feels like to live free because it's amazing. It's so crazy that I think we're in a space where sometimes people are so busy watching us and critiquing us and, yeah. and looking at other people. And it's just like, Guys, do you ever stop and think that the more attention or the more time that you spend picking other people apart, you're actually doing nothing for yourself? 
Well, I don't think they think about that. I think they're so steeped under their own insecurities and in some cases under their own jealousy. To watch someone living boldly and living free can be very triggering for some people. For some people, it's going to be triggering for them to say, how can I do the same thing? You know, and it's inspirational to them. It's aspirational to them. That's a healthy mindset. The unhealthy mindsets, which unfortunately are still very pervasive, is who they think they are. You don't got no business living like that. You should just be like this. And I'll tell you my way of dealing with those people is that I don't deal with them. Yeah. It is not my ministry, nor is it my job to change your mindset or to open up your mind around the full potential of happiness that you could be experiencing by being your full self. If my life and how I let my light shine is not an inspiration to you enough, then I'm just not the person who's designed to inspire you to live your best life. Find somebody else to do it, you know? But as for me and my tribe, my job is to make sure that I'm living as boldly, as fully, and as authentically as possible. And you mentioned the love. How do you deal with all the, the love? It's, it's, I'll tell you, it's a very wonderful thing, but it's a wonderful thing. And, but I was really fortunate, I will say this. I started on camera 11 years ago. And I had my fame and my recognition kind of w- went up over time. And there were sometimes times where it spiked up because something may have happened. You know, certain things go viral and so on. But it's been a relatively steady incline. So I've had time to adjust to it. You know, I'm very happy that who I am today, that I was not this famous or well-known 11 years ago when I started on camera because I didn't know anything. And I would have been eaten alive by that, <laughs> um, by, by that kind of world, you know. But at this point, I'm in my mid-30s, you know, I'm pretty mature. I know how, I know who I am. And when you know who you are, I think you can walk in in any kind of fame, celebrity, or success much better because all the forces that pull at you, that tell you the good things that they like about you, but also tell you some of the negative things that they don't like about you. That stuff doesn't affect you as much because you're so centered in, well, I know who I am. So if you like me, great. If you don't, I know who I am. So that's how I've navigated all this. It's been a journey for me to say, do you know who you are and do you like who you are? Because if that's the case, I mean, you won't tie your value to anything that someone says about you. For sure. So now that you have grown and and you are just unapologetically being who you are, how intentional are you right now when it comes to connecting with other people? Because I feel like we get to a level, girl CEOs, you you know what I'm talking about. You get to a place in your life and your business where the conversations change, what interests you change, the the saving, the spending, the shopping, things change. So the conversations switch up. How intentional have you been now with aligning yourself with new people? And do you have that wall up? Because that's another thing that kind of happens after you become successful. Like, okay, how close can I let people get to me? How have you managed that with putting yourself out there now? I think that's a great question. So I'll tell you this. I'm going to give an answer that I think some people may not expect. For me, I have embraced the wall. And let me tell you why. Okay. The wall is not always a bad, all right? And when I talk about the wall, what I'm talking about is having a higher level of discernment. That's the wall. A higher level of discernment around who you give access to in order to be within your life and your personal space and your ethos. Because what we know is we are likely to become what we allow ourselves to be around, rather it's financially or emotionally. If all your friends is having relationship problems, what you think will start cooking up in yours? You see what I'm saying? And yeah. so with that said, for me, I have embraced it, which has been the healthy thing for me because in the beginning, I used to say, I'm still the same MJ. I can still connect anybody. That's not the case at all because people you have it. a different level of success. <laughs> you, people are going to, people who you thought had your best interest at heart will want things from you that will not be in your best interest and so on. So for me, I embrace it. I have a higher level of discernment. 
the way that I choose who I allow to be around me and who I want to put myself around is first of all, do we value one another's life paths, right? So are you living a path that I'm like, wow, I, I value what you're doing in the world and vice versa. But here's the key distinction. Do we value one another's life path without envying it? You okay. never want someone to be around you who wants your life. That does not work. And so for me, you know, some of my closest friends, you know, some of them are are corporate executives. Some of them are nurses. Some of them, you know, are, you know, in the entertainment industry on television, independent of what we may do and the differences in income and life experience and what we do, what we all have in common is that we really respect one another's past and one another's hustle. And we don't want one another's past and one another's hustle. We just want to be in one another's lives because we enjoy one another as human beings. So that's my distinction. Um, another distinction that I make, and I, had, I actually talked about this on the news yesterday, is I have made a conscious choice not to allow myself to feel guilty about being more successful than some of the people that I'm around. And if you dare try to make me feel guilty about, "Mm, you think you're doing too much, all the little sly shit that people try to say to try to make you feel guilty about making better choices than what they made, then I give myself permission to exit dealing with them. I'm unapologetic about this. Seven billion people on the other earth. If you look in your metro area, there's millions of them there. You do not have to force any relationships that do not feel like they serve you emotionally, spiritually, and especially relationships that are not serving you in a way to help empower you to be your best self financially. Have you ever had that experience? One of the questions that I get all the time from entrepreneurs is people coming around them from a mentorship perspective, but then wanting their lives. How have you dealt with that? Because I know it happens to so many people. And then people say things like duplication is the highest form of flattery. But can we just really be honest? Is it irritating or what? I mean, it's irritating to me because I feel like when people come to me for mentorship, you have, of course, let's call out you do have some people who are very, very, very sincere. So let's acknowledge them, the sincere folks. Now let's get to the rest of them. You got the people who are coming to you where they're trying to pick your brain, which is the way of getting free advice. I don't do pick my brain, okay? Pick my brain is free, okay? You can pay me my hourly rate for my knowledge. I'm happy to share with you whatever you can be, whatever you can get access to within that hour, within however many hours of my time you want to pay for. So you got that group. And then you got the other part of the group, which is like you said, people who want your life. I actually had this situation happen where there was a person who said, I want you to mentor me. I want you to mentor me. And the truth of the matter was that they wanted my life. They wanted to be me. They wanted to live like me. And that's fine. I don't care about someone wanting that. What I do care about is the level of jealousy and envy that can come with that. Where in your mind, from the sincerity of your heart, you're trying to help them and trying to guide them. But from their heart, they can't embrace that they are simply at a different part of their journey than where you're at. And then they can fall into places of envy and jealousy and everything like that. So I gave myself permission to not deal with that person. Someone asked her that day, said, why don't you deal with so-and-so anymore? I said, because a relationship with them feels toxic for me. I'm not yeah. going to be around someone who's envious of me. And yes. so I, I just don't deal with them anymore. Because I think it gets to a place where a person may want to be you. And then you can, I've been in places where I've helped people and really poured into them to help them become their best. But when the results don't match. It's like you can put the, the ice in, you know, you can put the, you can put the flour in the cake, you can put the sugar, but it's like, baby, this cake been baking for 10 years. You know, you've been in the oven for 30 minutes. You're just not going to get, it's, it's not a different place. Exactly. And I think that's where, you know, the envy and things like that creep in. And let's go a little deeper. You know, you've also transitioned now into a businessman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just love, because I'm a big believer that you can be yourself and still be successful. Yes. And people, a lot of people can't handle it because it's like, how can you be this person who will tell you like it is, 
they might be able to curse you out, still love Jesus and make money on Friday. How have you been able to do this? And are there any things that you had to change to and say to yourself to say, this is okay? Well, you know, I will say that for me, it's been a step-by-step process. I didn't wake up one morning with an epiphany saying, I'm going to be my full self and I'm going to make a lot of money doing it. I think that what it was, was I was getting increasingly unhappier becoming more and more unhappy from trying to be successful and trying to maintain success as a version of myself that didn't feel authentic to who I really was. It was exhausting doing that. As I think that at a certain point in time, I just got so tired of wow. not being myself that I said, listen, I don't know. This is this is honestly the conversation I have with myself. I said, I don't know if I'm going to make more income, if the business is going to grow, I don't know if that's going to happen by me being myself. But what I do know is that I'll probably stay more sane and be happier longer term if I'm myself. So that was my only goal, was just to be happy. I said, I can figure out. I got a nice personality, nice face. I'll find a way to make money for myself fall apart, you know? And so I decided to be myself. And to my surprise, what my sister, my little sister Nia, had been telling me all along, she'd been telling me all, all the years I've been on camera, be yourself, stop being like that, be yourself. Oh, you come across so fake on camera, be yourself. <laughs> and I realized that everything that she said was true because when I started doing it, the numbers went up, the income went up, the product sales went up, the company sales, the company started growing by leaps and bounds. We got over 2,000 team members now. And it's just when I saw all that start to happen, I was like, oh my God, she was right. Mm-hmm. Oprah was right. All these people who say, be yourself, be yourself. They're not just saying that shit for the fun of it. They mean it. It actually pays off. Because keeping the act up is just, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Tell everybody a little bit about your company because our listeners don't know. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do and how long you've been in business as well? So yeah, so I started in the insurance industry in 2013. And when I started in the insurance industry, I was working as a a government contractor in DC at the time. And you know, the thing about it was, I love being in DC. I love being around all these successful Black people. I love that experience. There's nothing like a Sunday morning in DC when you're going out to brunch and you're seeing all these successful Black people and people of color, everybody living good, looking good, feeling good. It's just a beautiful place. And for me, I enjoyed so much of that experience. But what I didn't enjoy was my life Monday through Friday. I was like, it provides me with a great income for a great lifestyle, but I'm like, maybe there's another way for me to be able to keep the same lifestyle, but my Monday through Friday is something that's filled a little bit more with passion. And so what I started doing was I I got an insurance license so that Mm -hmm. I could start selling insurance for my dining room table because at that point I'd already been doing YouTube videos at home. And I was like, ooh, I was like, wouldn't it be so great if you could have enough money coming in where you could quit your job and you could just do your YouTube videos, which we wasn't getting paid for YouTube videos back then. So you can do your YouTube videos and you, and it would just be good. And that was my only thing. I was like, just make enough money from insurance so you can do your YouTube videos and you'll be good. And then what ended up happening was after I got my insurance license, I quickly started to see, because I'm a business person, I was like, there's a greater opportunity in this industry than just selling a couple policies so that I can pay my bills every month. I could actually grow a business. And what I, because I started to see that there really weren't a lot of agencies out there, especially that had a national presence, that were going after the African-American community and that was doing it in a way that, in my opinion, wasn't exploitive. Because mm. there's a lot of agencies out here that I've seen where they're going after the African-American community and do it in an exploitive way. They're selling them bad products or they're paying the agents who are selling the products so little tiny bits of commission because people don't know what their value is in this industry. So I was like, just start, just do this. 
offer people some of the highest commissions out there and offer some of the best insurance carriers out there and see how that works. Well, I did it in the company rapidly, rapidly grew. I think the average insurance agency has under 15 people on the team. We're over 2,000, you know, and we've been in business less than 10 years. So that's what I did. And the business just kept growing and growing while simultaneously I was doing my videos. And then as I was doing my videos, those gained more popularity, that pushed more business to the company. As the company grew more and more, that gave me more money so I can invest in better cameras and things like that to grow, increase the production value on the videos. So they kind of just fed one another. And now it's it's a nice empire. (laughs) And my mother helps me run it. It's an empire. And what I really love about that is that, you know, earlier this week, I put up a post talking about how important brand presence is, right? Personal brand presence. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that, you know, five, six years ago, you could just hide behind your logo, your company name, and no one gave a shit, right? But now everything has changed because people want to feel an emotional connection Mm -hmm. when they make that purchase. And I'm telling all the CEOs, I'm actually... I'm doing a class this Sunday, just talking about being a CEO on social and making Mm -hmm. sure that you are on social media as a CEO. And now we're seeing so many CEOs come from behind the desk and they're trying to get social media training and they're Mm -hmm. trying to how to be themselves and they're you know they're trying to learn rock music and hip-hop and dancing and we see the weatherman you know doing black hip-hop dances and all this stuff to kind of get the energy going and i am a big believer now that people are buying people right now what do you have yes to i think it's a hundred percent the case you know i always tell people i say when you think about at least with my insurance business, when you think about what we're selling, we are selling one of the most ubiquitous products out there that's the most unexciting products too. We sell life insurance, okay? There's nothing remotely sexy about life insurance. It's a vital service that people need, but I would not call it sexy. And I always say insurance is insurance is insurance. We represent about 100 of America's top insurance carriers. I can tell you what one company sell is not that different than the other companies. Just some companies are willing to approve one person versus another. So nonetheless, I bring this point to say that for me, when if I went out into the market trying to market my business as we've got the best insurance out there, not necessarily true. We got the same insurance as everybody else. So let's start there. If I tried to say, sign on with us because, you know, it's the best pricing. That may not be true either because insurance is priced <laughs> by the companies. We don't set the price. So I can't do nothing about your price. So the, all the claims that people would normally make in terms of better quality, lower price, can't make that. It's a highly regulated industry. Everything's pretty much just is, is regulated. So I said, if I want to make my company stand out in this sea of companies selling the exact same damn thing, what is the one unique thing that I can bring to the table? Well, the unique thing that I can bring to the table is me. And so I chose to push myself out there with an understanding that I'm not, everyone's not going to resonate with me. They're going to be be people who hate me. That's fine. But you don't have to get everybody. If you can just get 1% of the world to resonate with who you are and want to buy your products, that's still 70 million people. 1% of the world is 70 million people. You don't need everybody. So many people are so afraid to be vulnerable and be themselves and get in front of that camera. Oh, I don't know if people are like me. I feel uncomfortable. Who cares if people don't like you? You don't need everybody. Trust me, whatever your awkwardness is, whatever your peculiarities are, whatever it is that you are most insecure about, if you put that in front of a camera, it's going to resonate with somebody. And those people will become lifelong customers. For sure. And another thing that I really admire about you is that you are so open And you're so transparent with your audience about everything, but also you're open with your sexuality. And Mm -hmm. I was watching a video that you posted the other day and I was in the house and I was literally, I was watching, I was crying. I was like, MJ, but I had those water tears rolling down over there, got me over here crying. (laughs) Oh, the other day when I was... Yes, I was like, he those better be real 
little tears because I'm over here crying watching no, the I video. Was, I was All right, about to come to fight somebody. Are. Let's talk so, a little bit about that because yeah, you're sure, open sure. gay man. You own a company. You're a CEO of a company. Your personality is very in your face. And if you don't like it, who cares? How has that been good and bad? Let's talk about the pros and the cons. So for me, the video that you're referring to is a video is called He Rejected Me Because I'm Gay. And what it was for the listeners out there is I, you know, I own my production company, which produces my videos. Uh, We also own the rights or license the rights to several shows and different things like that. So it's a pretty big enterprise What people see is me on camera, but we also work with some other folks. So we had licensed, we actually purchased a show and we were producing it for another network. And within doing that, we had to go through the casting process and one of the episodes required me to be on it. And there was a, an actor who basically said that he did not want to be on camera with me because I'm gay. He said that explicitly. Now, am I naive to think that there are people who are uncomfortable working with me and being on camera because of who I am and how I and who I am within the world? I'm not naive to that. I think Maybe we all deal with that. Reconsider. That's why they're nervous. <laughs> let's just be so, honest. Let's be clear. Okay. <laughs> And so when that happened, you know, most people just decline politely, just like I would decline politely if it's something that I don't want to do. But when he did that to me, I will tell you, I was having a talk with my trainer the other day about this because he saw it and he comes into the house. And he says, he's like, girl, I was like, yes. He's like, he says, you, why was you on camera crying the other day about, about that, about that N word? And so I said, you know, how we talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I said, I said, because my feelings was hurt and blah, blah, blah. I'm so sick. And so he says, he's like, let me explain something to you. He's like, that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Blah, 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 blah. He, he got me together, made me feel really good. But one that I admitted to him in that moment, which is it, it sunk in for me in that moment was I said, you know what? I don't think that I was crying about him rejecting me um, and the hurt feelings that came out of that or my ego being hurt coming out of that. I said, you know what it was? I said, for me, the hardest part of my day-to-day life is not dealing with Black women, because Black women have largely been very supportive of me, not dealing with Black or white straight men or any other group straight men, because straight men are always great to me. It's always been for my own community, the gay men, and not all gay men, but specifically closeted gay men. And unfortunately, they are very pervasive in Hollywood. And there have been doors that I've not been able to walk through yet. And there have been opportunities that were taken away or shifted away from me because the controlling party in some of those experiences were closeted gay men who had a level of resistance to being in business with people who are open. And so to me, I said this, and and I'm happy to say this in a direct quote, closeted gay men have been the bane of my existence um, as it relates to my career because their level of insecurity is triggered by my level of security. And so in that moment when that happened, I think that it was like a straw that broke the camel's backbone. I'm like, here we go. Yet another, yet another man who, I don't know if he's closeted or not. So I'm not saying he's closeted, but yet another man who is, who's not secure enough in his own life experience to allow me to, to let my light shine brightly or to be a part of my light shining brightly. And so that's what it was. It was just like, you know, if you had a really bad day, in that one last thing, you dropping the butter on the floor in front of the refrigerator before you know you sit on the ground. Just, <laughs> oh, my day so fucked up. It was just the one thing, just that one thing that didn't need to happen that day. So that's what people were getting. They were just getting, I'm strong, I'm secure, I'm all these great things, but I'm still human. Yeah. And every now and then things can build up. It just can build up. So MJ, what would you say to someone who's in the season of, I have a dream, I have something that I want to do, I have a gift, but I don't know where to start? Because when I see you, I just, the word just perseverance just keeps coming, right? It's just like, yeah, I have an insurance company, but I believe MJ has an insurance company, an entertainment company, a 
personal brand is just like all these layers, right? Someone is out there and they're listening to Girl CEO Radio right now and they have this personality and they may not have a business yet, right? Do Mm -hmm. you feel like they can thrive just being them? What tips would you tell them? Would you give them right now in this season? They don't have thousands of dollars. They don't have video equipment. Where would you start if you would have known then what you know now? Well, I would say this. The great news is you don't have to have a lot of money to start much of anything nowadays. I tell people this. Go with the low-hanging fruit. Go with what's most accessible to you. Sure, when I started out, I think when I started out 11 years ago, my desire at the time was I want to be, I want to touch as many people as Oprah and impact as many lives. Because when when you're a little Black girl or a little Black boy growing up, that was our media figure. You know, and so for me, that was what I saw. And that's what I wanted for myself. My, my dreams have changed, you know, to be more personalized to my life. But at the time, that's what I wanted. And so for me, if I held everything up to a standard of, is this good enough to be like her? I would have never gotten started. I want to be the next Oprah. Well, what I had at the time was, I don't even think my phone had a Blackberry Pearl. So I don't even think it did video <laughs> on it back then. Okay. Um, but what I did have was a little red Dell laptop. I don't know if they sell those anymore, but it was a red Dell laptop. And I sat in a chair like this. And so the camera could be eye level. I got the ironing board out and put the computer on it that was eye level with me. And then I hit the record button and I record myself on Windows video player, or Windows media player, whatever the video thing is on Windows. And then I took that video and then uploaded it to YouTube. That was my first YouTube video. And for me, all I had was my laptop and really bad lighting. But it resonated with people. That first video got seen by something like 10,000 people the first day, you know? And what I realized is that people were not attracted to production value. People in terms of it being really, really super nice. Well, people are attracted to... Say that one more time for the people because some people are not starting because they don't have that $5,000 camera. Repeat that one more time for me, MJ. People are not attracted to production value. You know, some of my most successful videos to date were recorded right there on my phone, you know? Mm -hmm. I did a video literally... This video was the lowest production value. I was trying on an outfit to show people what I was going to wear to a pajama party two weeks ago. And I just put my camera on my phone. I just put it on like a little stand on the floor in, in my, in like in, in the dressing room back there. And, and I was on, and I'm like, okay, y'all. So what do y'all think about this? And you see me on camera, I'm putting on my body bronzer on camera. It's like, it's just basically like you just sit in my house. That video has done over 2 million views in two weeks. You see now, then you can compare that to a video that I literally spent literally, I'm not going to say which specific video this was, but spent thousands. Actually, no, I'll tell you. It was the video where if you go back and most people did not watch this video, so it's fine. Well, I had me and one of my trainers, we did a yoga Pilates session together. And I'm thinking, oh, hot guys, California, exercising, muscles rippling, people watch it. We spent so much, da- I spent so much damn money on getting that video done and barely anybody watched it. No you like, know? They're like, just talk some trash to us or tell us about your day. And those are the videos that people really care about. Yeah, they want things that resonate. So that's why I tell people, as you mentioned this earlier, about emotional connection. If I can give anyone any tip, especially folks who are on camera, is use the power of emotion to connect with people. Mm -hmm. All right? The reality is that most people would have told me last week, 
no, don't go on camera crying. Wipe your eyes off and make sure you're good to go. That's why you said I wipe my eyes off, put a cold rag on my face and my face wouldn't be red from, from crying. And then I would go on so I can look like I was together. And then I would tell you the lesson that I got from this yeah. pain and what the lesson is for you. That shit ain't resonate with people, you know? <laughs> but when you <laughs> when you are yourself and you in the middle of crying and you hit record in the, in the middle of that moment or you're in the middle of happiness and elation and you hit record like, oh my God, I'm so excited, I'm so excited. When you do something that, that translates emotion, people don't care about the quality of the camera. All they yeah. care about is the quality of the emotional connection that's happening through the camera. Yeah, for sure. And they also love the fact that they feel like they're sitting there talking to their friends. I mean, three, four years ago, I was just always business tips, business tips, business tips. And then like two years ago, I just started like, you know what? Let me just be my crazy self that I am with my friends because girl, you off the hook. And my friends just say, girl, you will be a comedian. If you ever go broke, you can be a comedian. Okay. Yeah. And I started to just be myself. And it's true. People are just like, I don't know what's going on with you, girl, or what you got going on in your life, but there's a glow. And the truth is, there's no glow. I'm just being my damn self these days. And I've been crazy all the time, but I've just been, let me give the content and just leaving my personality out of it. And just something happens. So people really, people really start to feel that personal connection with you. So MJ, what are, what is the direction that you're going? And where do you see yourself in the next five years? What's on your dream list, your chicken list, all of that good stuff? Well, I will tell you from me, my desire is to continue helping people live their best life and feeling great. I always say that's what I do. I help people live their best life, and I make them laugh a lot along the way. And so for me, that's my desire to reach as many people as possible doing that, which means, you know, expanding into television more. That means doing more and more dynamic content that reaches even bigger audiences. That means continuing to service my existing audience, you know, to keep them tapped in and keep them feeling tied to the experience of me helping them live their best life. That's on that side. I'll say on a personal side, you know, definitely marriage and babies is definitely a part of the picture for me. And so for me, I'm at a point in my life now where I have a level of financial freedom um, Mm -hmm. and personal freedom that allows me to create lots of content and reach a lot of people without having to put a ton of hours in like I used to back in the day. And so a lot of what I'm doing these days is taking time out to actually enjoy my life. So I spent so many years sitting in front of a camera every day, over 5,000 videos, almost 6,000 now. Um, it took a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice to build this foundation. And and I want to live within that and enjoy it. So I've got tons of trips com- planned coming up and I'll bring y'all along for the experience, of course. <laughs> so I've got tons of trips planned coming up. I'm just embracing my life and doing the best I can with reaching as many people with the gift that God has given me. I love it. I love it. And isn't it amazing how things just change? They just change the perspective just changes. You know, I remember in my early 20s, really in that 25, 26 year old age, I just went crazy chasing the money. You know, it was hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. Go to sleep at five o'clock in the morning, wake back up at eight. And it's just crazy because I felt like back then God would never even give me what I wanted because until I got clear, until I got my tr- my faith together and until I started trusting him, that's when he allowed that income to increase. And then I just feel like the perspective changes at 30 where yeah. it's not even about making money anymore. It's all about fulfillment and purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if it doesn't feel good, I don't even want to do it. I don't care how much money is attached to it. I don't even want to touch it anymore. I want to do exactly what I want to do. And I'm only interested in doing the things that I enjoy. So right now, let me just ask you, what is your self-care? What do you do for self-care? 
So I will tell you this, self-care, if you ask me what my self-care is today, it's different than what it was six months ago, different than what it was six months before that. Because as my life changes and the demands on me change or increase or decrease at any moment in time, my self-care in that moment has to change. So at this point in time, my self-care, because I have a lot on my plate and a lot of things that are happening right now. So at this point, my self-care is about utilizing the abundance of the resources that comes into me to provide employment or opportunities to other people so that I can delegate things and I can either use that extra bandwidth that I get from delegating things to grow my business more or use that bandwidth just to live my life. So a big part of my self-care now is delegation because now I have resources to do that a little bit more. Another part of my self-care is I really, 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 really am, people don't don't always believe this when I first tell them, but actually they shocked when I, when I first tell them this. I am naturally a very introverted person. That's how I was raised. I, I've always been very introverted. I've always been that way since I was a kid. Through being on camera has helped me to be extroverted. <laughs> but even when you think about my day-to-day world, I'm in front of a camera, but, you know, we got the crew, you know, whoever's, you know, filming that day or editing that day. You know, you got my assistant. You're, it's a small bubble of people that I'm around and I know them. I'm, it's very rare that I'm around people that I don't know. And so with that said, I value my alone time. I do value my alone time a great deal. So part of my self-care is being when unapologetic. Is okay. When is your birthday? In, in eight days, February the 28th. You're a crazy Capricorn. I'm a Pisces. You, oh, you're a Pisces. My daughter's uh-huh. Pisces too. Like, yeah. yeah. I just, I can tell like certain personalities. My my daughter is as well. She's really like, you know, but she can go in her room and she's like, leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's how she, she recharges. Yeah. Exactly. But she's very trustworthy. She's a really nice person. But she's very confident. She's very mm-hmm. confident. So you got to check out my page. I just posted a picture of her today. So you, your self-care is just delegation. That's a powerful word. You, yes. you need to put that on a t-shirt. My <laughs> self-care is delegation. I yes. Will, yes, I, I will do that. It's something that we have to learn, especially as CEOs and as, as bosses in general, is that you're going to grow much more through empowering other people. You know, for me, when I started out my business, we were growing, but I was doing everything. And then when I started delegating some things and spent a little money to delegate things, sometimes spending money to delegate things was not paying a salary. Sometimes it was, hey, for what you do for me, I'll pay you X percent on what comes in from that particular work. I love a commission-based structure. Yes, commission-based. I feel like like people work harder. For all the girl CEOs listening to this, if you can do a commission-based structure with people, even calling leads for like your insurance company, heck, I will pay a commission-based structure for. People love to get paid every week and they work harder and you'll see who really wants it and who wants to sit around and get paid by the hour and do nothing. That's how I feel. We Most of my team is paid on some per, on a percentage-based structure. My mother, for example, she runs the insurance business for me and she's paid on a percentage-based structure. So I asked her, like, do you want a salary or do you want a percentage? And she's like, I want a percentage because she wants to know that every time I make a dollar, she's making something because it's because she's supporting the company's growth. And I don't mind that because through having her through having all the people in the back office who who helped me to grow my business and delegating that frees me up to be able to breathe and, and you know do what we t- all talk about making money while you sleep you can't make money while you sleep if you're doing all the work you know those two things don't go hand in hand so that's been a huge part of my self-care is to empower other people i was you know one of the things i did recently i would tell you this example so i get paid i'll give you a glimpse behind the veil i get paid from facebook from youtube and from those two specifically for the content they pay for all the for the views and it pays very well so i always tell people great content it pays Are very you well part of the content creator community that facebook has okay 
uh-huh. just tell me something on that. I, I'm not too sure. I was looking into it as well. So it's a great thing to do because the income from it is can can be really, really high. Just the more people view, the more income is coming in. But for me, when with that, it's a, certainly a blessing to have that. But the demands of creating content every day can be very demanding. I said, I like creating content, but I don't want every day to have to sit here in front of a camera. You know, so I said, what can we do? So part of my self-care was saying, oh, change your schedule. That's the big part of people's self-care that people don't think about is you control your schedule for the most part so you can change it. So what I did was I I said, okay, we're going to only film things on this particular day of the week. We'll film, and we'll film as much as we can on that particular day of the week. And that way everything, you'll just have a long day this one day a week, but that's all your content for the next week. And if you choose to do extra, then that's on you. So my point is a part of my self-care has been looking at my schedule almost weekly, sometimes say, is this an efficient use of my time or can I do my job more efficiently and still get the same or better outcomes? A lot of people don't understand how hard CEOs work to get their time back. After you become successful, it's like you work to make money and then you work to get your time back and take your life back. I used to say, I'm building this company so I can spend more time with my family. And then I build a company and it was cutting into the time with my family. Yes. The total opposite. So last question, MJ, I always like to ask my guests this. What are some of your favorite business building tools right now? We're talking apps. We're talking software. What are Mm. some of your favorite must-have things that you are using to continue to grow this empire? So there's a couple of them. Let's go with apps because this is, you know, for electronic stuff. So on the app side, I love Evernote, which is a note-taking app that you can keep. And I love it because it connects to my computer, my phone, so I can always be putting content ideas and stuff in there. And are you a Mac person or a Windows person? I have, in my office, I have a PC, Windows, which I don't use very often. Not an issue with the computer, but I'm never in there anymore. I've delegated enough where I don't have to sit in there very often. (laughs) So my computer that I use most of the time is my Mac. I've got a Mac laptop that I use a lot. I like that. So another software that I love is Schedule Once. Schedule Once. Isn't it great? I use it too. Love it. Love it's it. so good because I spend so much time. Someone emails me saying, hey, can I meet with you on XYZ day? And I say, no, I'm only available on this day and this day. And then we end up going back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. And before we know it, it took six emails in two days to schedule a time when you can just say, oh, here's my link. Choose a time and day that works for you. And then they'll choose whatever time and day works on your calendar. You can even accept payments. Like if you have a business where you get paid for consulting or whatever, where people have to pay before they schedule the appointment. So I love that. Another one that I love. Team members in too. What'd you say? You can plug your team members in there as well. Exactly. Exactly. We run our virtual call center through schedule once. You know what another one is that I like a lot? It's called Fresh Desk. It's like a help desk system. It's for, get this, so let's see that you're getting a lot of messages coming in. Because you got, we don't even have to have a lot coming in. Just you have messages coming in from your Instagram inbox, your Facebook inbox, your emails, everything like that. It's sometimes a little hard to keep up with which ones have I responded to, which ones do I need to leave open because I need to come back to that or follow up on it. Unless you have a great personal system and even that can be faulty. What Fresh Dust does is it will connect with your various inboxes, including your emails. And then when they come in, it's all coming into almost like a dashboard. And then that dashboard, it'll say opened and you can respond, but you may click respond and follow up within five days. And then in five days, you'll get a reminder that you need to follow up. Oh, I need to get that. It keeps track of everything really, really well. I say, people say, oh, that sounds like more work. The thing is this, you're no longer logging into your email. 
anymore. You're using this in place of your email because everything's coming into here. So it's really not any more work. And they have an app for your phone. So it's called Fresh Desk. So I like that. I like things that help me to make the best use of my time. And as much as possible, try not to fall behind or miss things because it can be very easy. It can be very easy to overlook emails, especially when you're the boss because you have so much coming in sometimes things can fall off your radar. So I'm all about doing things to help me to have things not fall off my radar. And your favorite social media platform. You'll, you can only choose one. At the moment, Facebook has been showing me so much love. That's where I reach 600 some odd thousand followers there. But because of Facebook Watch promoting my content, it's seen about over 12 million people there. So, you know, I will say it, of all my children, it's the child that seems to show me the most love. But I do love all <laughs> The platforms, they all are special. Instagram helps me to reach folks, especially Instagram is is a very young, fresh audience. Facebook is my tried and true audience that reaches all age groups. YouTube is its own beast where YouTube, they come to you and they are very specific with you about what they want. So you get a lot more audience feedback from there. So they each are very different in their own way. And I say, I always tell content creators this, because they say, which, where should I be posting? I say everywhere. When I, when we do a video, it is posted on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. It takes a minute to post from each. So basically it's like, you know, like with McDonald's, I always say we have the McDonald's model. No matter where you go, you can always have the same McDonald's experience. No matter which of my platforms you go to, you can always have the same MJ Harris experience. It's just a matter of what is your viewing preference. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, MJ. Can you tell everyone where to come and find you? And Absolutely. Platform? Yes. So you can actually find me at MJ Harris Speaks, which is my website, MJ Harris speaks or you can um, use that exact same handle to find me on youtube facebook and instagram that's mj harris speaks and also i'm gonna be in atlanta i'm doing an evening tour the tour yeah Yeah. i'm with i'm at the beginning of what will be a tour is i'm going to be going to different cities called doing an evening with mj it really is a one-man show where i am up there just doing what i do you know it'll be fun it'll be last it'll be my story times if you've not heard my story times honey they're a whole thing It'll be a really amazing time. We're so great. We sold out on VIP within the first like 12 hours of putting it out. But we have tons of seats, you know, in terms of general admission that have great views. So we have those available. And so nonetheless, I'll be in Atlanta on March the 7th. And the way that you can get your tickets is at www.anightwithmj.com. That's anightwithmj.com. Well, I'm coming when you come to DC. I'm going to be Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I can't wait. And today, I appreciate you just joining us for a little bit and giving us some of your time, MJ. I love you. Keep being your authentic self, and I support you 100%. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.